Hebrews chapter 6, we have been talking about keys to full assurance of the faith and a strong consolation. And we're going to continue to talk about that here today. And uh, God wants your faith to be strong. He wants you to grow in your faith. And he wants you to be well assured that God is faithful, that God will faithfully care for his people, that he will take care of them. And he'll give them a strong assurance of their faith if they'll do the things that God demands for that. There are things that God demands for us in our faith there to build our assurance up and to make us stronger. Assurance is different than, than our actual faith, okay? Assurance is the assurance of that faith and of God's promises. And if you seek that assurance, if you desire that assurance, you have to, you have to get it God's way. You don't get it your way. Uh, you get it God's way. So we're going to talk about some more of those keys. I don't know how far we're going to get today. We'll see. Uh, and uh, we'll see how far we get. But we're going to read this chapter here and look at it and just remember some things. There's some very powerful things. And then we're going to start with that next key that uh, we, we talked about the first couple there. But therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of the laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this will we do, if God permit. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, and have tasted of the heavenly gift, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good word of God, and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away and renew them again under repentance, seeing they crucified themselves as son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. It is impossible for those who were saved to be lost. That's what he's saying. It's impossible. You can't get saved twice. Amen. You only get saved once. Jesus died once and for all. That's it. Amen. All right, and he says it's a heavenly gift. He says that they've tasted of it. They were enlightened by it. They were given the Spirit of God. They have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. That's the power of God. If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified themselves the Son of God. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected. He's giving a contrast here. He's, say, he's talking about the thorny ground believers. Those that were thorny ground. Those that they, they, they didn't last very long. They didn't stick around. The thorns choked them out and they were done. They were ready to go back to the world. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected. And is nigh unto cursing whose end is to be burned. But beloved... We are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation. What are those things that accompany salvation? He's going to explain them to you. That's whole chapter. He's explaining to you the things that accompany salvation. See, you don't have to be in the dark about whether you're saved or whether you're lost. Uh, you believe God. You believe and trust the promises of God, and you see it written right here. You... You, it's not that you feel them, it's that you believe them, and they're right here. These are things of God that are right here in front of your face. For God is not unrighteous to forget, forget your work and labor of love, which you have showed toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Amen. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, 
So we talked about some of those keys. We talked about, we talked about faith. Obviously, we have to exercise faith through all our trials. We talked about diligence, that we must be diligent, right? That God expects us to be diligent. Then he talks about patience, right? That we're to be patient. Here's what he says here, right here. And we desire that every one of you to show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So that's another one. Another one of those keys. Patience. Patience. For when, for when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, surely blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I will multiply thee. See, he takes you back to God. He says, well, God's the blesser. It's God where everything comes from. It's God. You, you go to God. It comes from the Lord. Everything comes from God. Amen. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. But look what he says here in 15, because this is where we're going to pick up today. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. We're going to talk about one of the keys we're going to talk about if we get through it today. We're going to talk about endurance. Endurance. That's part of your, part of your life, part of your Christian life, and part of your assurance and building your assurance is God trying your faith and building your endurance. That's what he does. He builds your endurance up. That's, that's part of faith. If you are able to continue on, if you are able to endure, if you, you are able to do that by the grace of God, that's how you're able to do it. It's God's grace. Because the opposite is those that did not endure and they walk away. They go out from us because they were not of us. They, they walk away. The thorns choke them out. It's too much for them. They can't live that life. They don't want to live that life. And they run. What are they? They're the ones that are that bear thorns and briars, and they're rejected and nigh unto cursing. That's that's them. What what are the thorns? They're a picture of the curse. What did Jesus take? The thorn of crowns upon his head. Amen. He bore the curse. He bore the thorns. Right. That's what he did. He took our curse. Right. The Bible says that when Adam had sinned, uh, cursed is the ground for thy sake. Thorns and thistles would it bring forth, right? That's the thorns. That's, that's, that's what overcomes them. That's, the thorns overcome the lost. They choke them out completely and they're done. Why? Because they're cursed. They're not blessed. The opposite is blessed. That doesn't mean you're not going to get pricked by some thorns along the way. You will be, but they won't overcome you. God's promised that. They won't devour you. They won't choke out the word in you. And you'll be like, no, I'm done. I can't take it anymore. I'm done. Right? God says that won't happen to his people. He preserves them. Like we talked about on Wednesday night, we talked about God's preservation of his saints, how he preserves us, how he keeps them. He preserves them and keeps them from falling. He keeps them from that final falling, that apostasy, he keeps them from that. Right? That's God's blessing. That's what God does for us. That's his grace. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise for men verily swear by the greater and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto them, unto the heirs of promise, the immutable immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, 
both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us and entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Luke, did we get that uh, sermon audio started? Okay, good. Thank you. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you, and we just praise your name. And Lord, I, I thank you that I can stand here, Lord, by the grace of God and preach the word of God to feed your flock. And may they be fed today. May the lost come to salvation. May the saved be strengthened, edified, built up in their most holy faith, ready to fight on and battle on for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's look at Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 15 here. And so after this next key, and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Abraham patiently endured. That endurance is important. You know, until you go through trials, you won't realize how important it is for you to learn to endure. For you to, for, for you to be built up and for you to get some endurance in your Christian walk. It's the only way. The only way to get challenged out there when you're walking or you're running or you're doing it is to build your endurance, is to be tested. You have to test those lungs out. I'm going to talk about that in a little while. But you've got to test those lungs out, right? they got to be, they got to be tested. you got to run. Then you test your, your wind capacity, right? You test what you can handle. And then you build from there. How many started out running a five-minute mile? Not too many. Most of the time they start out with an eight-minute mile. Then they learn to scale it back to 740. And then they learn to scale it back to 720, right, Brother Ryan? Then you, learn, you get faster. You didn't start out being the fastest guy, right, when you're running like that. You, didn't, you build endurance, right, to be able to run. And you build different types of endurances, right, different types. And we'll talk about that a little bit here, too. And that's what God says is, is one of those keys to uh, building your faith is for you to understand that God is trying your faith to work endurance in you, to give you endurance. That's, that's why he's doing it. How many things come to attack our faith? And how many times must we yield, wield that sword of the Spirit and use that shield of faith to guard ourselves against Satan's attacks? And when we are held up and God gives us hope, we can continue on in this endurance. Endurance and hope to you may play out differently than you see in your mind. You know, you see everything in your Christian life, you wish everything was like the battle of David and Goliath, that it was over really quick. You, you, you throw the stone, it hits him in the middle of the forehead, the fight's over. Go cut, it, cut his head off, and you're the victor, and it's over. That was one type of fight. David had that quick fight. But David later would spend years in the trial of his faith fighting Saul. Right. Right. Dealing with Saul, dealing with the adversity of King Saul, uh, chasing him around. I mean, he was already king. He, David was already, it said that he was an anointed king. Yeah, but he didn't take the crown right away. He had to suffer a flight of affliction for a while, didn't he? Many flights of affliction, driven away, challenged, tried by his faith, failing sometimes, right? Falling sometimes, making foolish mistakes sometimes. You think of the highlights of David's life, but you don't think about his wanderings around when Saul said, well, Saul's going to kill me. Yeah, but David, God said you were going to be king. You're not going to die. Yeah, but Saul's going to kill me. I'm getting out of here. So what did he do? He ran. And boy, that was a mistake. Because everywhere he went, he acted like a fool. He just did foolish things, right? Right, he got to the temple and he didn't. He didn't, uh, or the the tabernacle with the uh, with the high priest and and the high priest was there with the urim and the thummim and they said and then Saul found out and David lied about that. 
and made a mess of things and people died, right? Yeah, David made some messes. What happened to him? Well, he, his endurance was being tested. His faith was being tested, whether he believed God that he was actually going to be king or if he really believed that Saul was going to kill him, right? And you're... Your life is no different. You first get saved by the grace of God. Man, you're excited. You're ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. You are, you are on fire for God. You love the Lord. You want to serve God. You want to preach. You want to hand out tracts. You want to witness to people. You, and then all of a sudden, life happens. And challenges come into your life. And, and, and children come into your life. And, 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 and work comes into your life. And then life happens. And you, you, you go through a series of, of heartaches and pains and, and doubts and fears. And, and sometimes discouragements and depressions. And things don't happen like you wish they would. What is that? Well, for the child of God, it's the trying of his faith. And it builds endurance. It's to work that patience and build endurance into his life. God's teaching you for the long haul, not for the short spurts. You know what we find? I find most people that they spring up and they, 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 a lot of the people that come, come and go, they get excited about one issue that I preach on or something like that. They get really excited about that. And then what happens to them? They just kind of fizzle out and they're done, and they walk no more with God. They're those John 666 disciples, and they walk away. Well, you know what? And you wonder, well, man, those guys, it seems like everything goes good for those guys. They get this, they get that, they get the things they want. Yeah, but they, they've already, they've already, they're done. They got no gas left. They, 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 the flame blew high. It was a bunch of cheap Chinese fireworks, and it was over, and they're gone, and they run away, and they're done. We've had people leave here that make $200,000 $200, a year selling shoes and decided that God wasn't enough for them. They had to have something else to make them money. So they, so they started websites, made a lot of money, and, and decided that they were done with the faith. They were walking away with it, from it. Right? And they, had, they preached out on the streets, and they did all kinds of stuff, but they were done. They're, they're, they're done, for now anyway. Right? Well... Those people, they, they don't go through, those testings, they decide it's not worth it. They look at the Christian life and they say it's not worth it and they go back to the world. And you're being tested and you're, and you're suffering through some things and you go through some things and you're tried by some things and you wonder why, why they have those trials. Well, don't be envious of them, why they don't have the trials that you have. Don't be envious of them. God has given you the trials that he's given you on purpose. They're, they're suited directly for you. You need them every last one of them because God's in it for the long haul for you. That's why it's not, God's not going to be finished with you in, in, in 30 seconds. God's not going to be, you, God's not setting your life up to be a flash in the pan, but he's building your faith and, and, and your endurance to be able to be tried and to go through trials in this life because there are more to come. You know, some of our trials of our faith are designed to last for years and to build endurance into us. Some trials last years. Years. Right? Like David asked in our, in our psalm, Psalm 13, how long? How long, oh Lord, how long? How long? I remember asking God that. I remember asking God that a lot. Daily, how long, Lord, am I going to feel this way? How long is my mind going to be this way? Am I going to be forever? I mean, I, it's like a biography, autobiography. I'm reading that. How long, oh Lord, forever? 
right? That's what David asked in Psalm 13, didn't he? Lord, how long am I going to be this way forever? How long am I going to go through? Long enough, son, long enough. Yeah. Long enough till I teach you what you need to know long enough. Amen. And some of you right now say, how long am I going to go through what I'm going through right now? Long enough for you to learn the lessons God has for you. Long enough. And when you don't learn them, churn a little bit more. <laughs> Cook a little more in the fire. Amen. That's how God works. It, it, sometimes that, that dross takes a long time to burn off. You're stubborn as a mule. Amen. Stubborn as a mule takes a long time to burn off. Right. right? And God's long suffering. See, you won't wear out God. Amen. You don't you don't wear God out. He'll wear you out. Amen. He'll wear you out. You won't wear him out. He's long suffering. He's he's immovable. You won't move him. Right? So in God's if you're trying to do that, <laughs> you ain't that stubborn. <laughs> it ain't gonna work. Right? But the more you run, the more you build up your endurance and, 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 that, and that there are diversities in the trial of your faith is by no accident. God sends a diversity of trials in the Christian life. You get through one and you think you've conquered and you've gotten victory yep. and you're doing good. And then the other one smacks you in the face. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. That's, that was by design. That's by design. Right. That's God's design to do that. That's, that's what he's doing. You, you got to understand, we don't, I mean, I hope you're not here and you like believe in chance in that sense. Like you just believe in like fate. Yeah, or coincidences or fate, fate and all that. Like you take things like, no. And you, if you ever lose sight of the fact as a child of God that it is God that delivers everything Amen. to you. It is God that delivers your trials to you. It is God that guides you. And if that is the case, then this was intelligently designed for me. Right. And it was specifically designed for me. Amen. And God is specifically teaching me lessons through this. Amen. Right? Amen. Specifically. Right, brother Dave and I had a conversation early this week. Some just, and I won't get any details because it's not anybody's concern. But, but we we talked about a situation, right? And and the first one of the first things that we talked about was was uh, you know what God's got lessons, regardless of everybody else's errors and the things that that happen in this situation. What's the lesson that God has? What's God trying to teach us? Right? What's what what can we learn from this, boy? I'll tell you what, some of your best principles that you'll, that you'll firmly fix in your life are learned through mistakes. That's right. They are. And learn through things that you, maybe you were moving a little too quick. Yep. And you weren't thinking through things yeah. properly. Yep. And you, you slow down a little bit next time. Yeah. Right. I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to be careful about this. Amen? That's what, that's what God does. That, that's, see... If you if you ever take your Christian life as something that is just happenstance, that is just like there's no real rhyme or reason for anything, everything's just like kind of chaotic, and it just happens like like most people do in the world. Like they take everything, oh, well, bad things happen. That's just the way it goes. No, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, we're not superstitious. We don't believe. I don't believe that the devil's got a pitchfork over my head and he's slinging it at me all the time, and everything's from the devil. No, I don't give the devil that much credit. I give the Lord Jesus Christ the credit. Say, well, Amen. God ordered my steps. 
By the way, you still believe that, don't you? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. You believe that, don't you? I hope you believe that. So then if you're, then, wait a minute, preacher, you're, you're saying my steps are ordered by the Lord. Amen. Well, I hope they are. Right. <laughs> I hope they are. I hope you're not like a little rebellious devil and they're not ordered by the Lord and you just do whatever you, you think you do whatever you want in that sense. But you understand, you recognize God's leadership in your life, God's sovereignty in your life, and, and that God takes care of each one of his children, just like, I mean, you order your children's steps, like you don't just let them do whatever they want, you order their steps, no, this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to do this, right? So then you have to believe that God in heaven, you believe the scriptures, and you believe that God has fixed those things, don't you understand, there's great solace in that today. For no matter what you're going through and how bad your sorrow is and how bad your suffering is and how bad your discontent is sometimes that you have to get right with God and you have to repent of, no matter what you're going through, you can say, you know what, my father planned it all. Amen. Like, my, my, my father, he, he planned it all. God loves me and he ordered my steps to teach me. Like, so, so I, like my life is not just like this. Mm-hmm, right. Like, uh, well, all oh, the wind's blowing that way. I guess my life goes that way. No, that's not our lives. That's not. That's, if you're thinking that, you, you've got the wrong perception. You've got the wrong understanding. What it means is, is that you're not focused on the right things. What, why do you say that? Well, I say that because here's what happens. You're focused on your circumstances. You're focused on the, the hard things that you're going through. You're not focused on your father who guided and directed you to that point for a reason. Recognizing God in our trials like that shows faith, number one. It exercises faith and it respects God. And when you respect God and you walk by faith and you believe that your steps are ordered by the Lord and God has allowed this to happen and you accept the will of God for your life and you accept that, then God will take care of you. Amen. He'll bless you. And you can say, you know what? That's what God wanted for me. Right? That's what he wanted for me. It's God's way. Who am I to fight God? Who am I to believe that I don't deserve this? <laughs> Whatever it is that comes my way. Who am I? Right? And that truth rings in our ears. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Can we question God? We do. We do. Right. How long, O oh Lord? Forever? Right? But God is doing that for reason to build endurance. Think about this. Think about the, how the Lord allows this diversity of trying of our faith. Think of this temporal example. You know, when I was a grappler and I did ground fighting, I could take guys that were like boxers or different things and I could and I could get them on the ground and I could totally win them. They were they would be winded and they couldn't breathe and they were done. They couldn't they couldn't handle that cardio on the ground like that. They couldn't handle that. Right. Wrestlers build a lot of endurance. Right. They work on that ground game. They're moving around there. Well, what I used to do to them, I used to win them, too, because they'd be moving. Wrestlers move fast and they're doing all this and grapplers are kind of like a snake and they just kind of wrap. 
and they just control and they wrap and they control their breathing and they keep themselves calm and they don't exert the energy that they don't have to. And that's why a 200 pound man can wrestle a three, a grapple a 300 pound man that's a wrestler and he can, and he can win because he doesn't, he doesn't wind himself. He doesn't take his energy out and he just, he works slow. Right. So think about that, the, the different types of endurance that, that we build up physically. There's wrestling, there's grappling, then there's climbing mountains. Right. You can walk, you can ride a bike like 15 miles, right? 20 miles. You can ride a bike 20 miles, but ride it in Missouri in the hills. Man, that was killing me. I went there. I was like, oh, this is horrible. I told Hoggard, I hate your hills around here. Man. This is terrible. <laughs> I accidentally got on the interstate and was like, Whoa! I was like, I'm going to die. Whoa, got to get out of here. But uh, anyway, but it was crazy. You know, well, I didn't accidentally get on there. I had to get on there. I didn't have any choice. But but it, but I, I, here I am trucking down the road and there's trucks behind me. Whoa, I'm like I'm out of here. But anyway, those hills were horrible. But that you go on that, you'll be winded. Right. But I was used to going 20 miles out here. Yeah, not that kind of 20 miles, though. See what I mean? You build different endurance, different types of endurance up. When you there's walking endurance, there's running endurance, there's wrestling endurance, there's biking endurance, right? There's hiking endurance, mental endurance, right? Mental, yeah, there's all kinds of different things, right? We we have different types of things, right? Uh, thinking, uh, Brother Joshua mentioned mental endurance. It's like if you study for like four or five hours, you're like, okay, there's a time when you guys, okay, I'm done. Because your mind is just like, you know when your mind's spent. I can tell like, I'm, I'm needing a vacation, I can tell, because I've been going at it for a year straight. What is it, four or five times a week, preaching three times a week, and broadcast everything, and my mind is just like, okay, you need a break. You, you, you're getting there, you, you gotta go. I, I can tell I gotta go, because my thinker's getting stuck. It's like not moving, right? I was laughing the other day, uh, or yesterday, <laughs> Jacob was like, Luz just asked me what a Unitarian was, and my mind was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And Jacob's like, <laughs> Jacob's like, oh yeah, it's this. And I'm like, yeah, I got, I need a vacation. I gotta get. I was like, I was like, I was like I'm done. Uh, my, my, and I could tell. I could tell. Like, like about. It hit me about three weeks ago that my brain's like, nope, you're done. You, you need to go. You got to, you got to get away. You got to stop thinking so much and be able to just kind of soak up God's creation. But anyway, but there's, there, there are those different types of endurances that, that we build up. The Christian life is no different. You're going to have a multiplicity, diversity of trials to build your endurance, right? Sometimes you're going to be running a race uphill. Sometimes you're going to have to slow down because you're going downhill, yeah. right? Too fast. Sometimes you're going to be in the valley, right? Sometimes you're going to be in the desert, Sometimes you're going to be in absolute darkness. It's just the way it is. You know, that, that, that's the Christian life. There's a multiplicity of terrain. Remember Christian as he's going from, from the city of destruction all the way to the celestial city. What is he doing? He's going through a multiplicity of different places and things and terrain and everything else. And that's what God does. That's that endurance. If, if God brings you through that, but you come to that point, you say, I don't think I'm going to make it. Well, that's okay. That's why you need to trust God. That's why, that's why God always brings you to that place where you're like, I don't think I can do it. Yeah. Well, good. Why did you ever think you could? Amen. Why did you ever think you could do it? Well, because you got stuck on yourself. Mm, we got proud and we thought, well, I can do it. No, you can't. You never could. You never did do it. Right. It never was you that did it. It was always him. You just forgot that. Yeah, and then, right. then you have to be reminded that the just shall live by faith. 
That's, that's what you have to remember, that the just shall live by faith. Amen. And faith is not, God, do what I want you to do. Faith is, God, I'll do what you want me to do. That's faith. Not, not God, do what I want you to do, but God, I'll do what you want me to do. That's faith. Yeah, yeah. Just like John the Baptist said, I must decrease, he must increase. Right? Amen. That's the lesson that God has for us. Uh, endurance is a gift from God. And when we're able to develop that through grace, we have good reason to have that hope in us. We have good reason to hope in, in that. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 4, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. All of them. All of your persecutions and tribulations. That word tribulation is the same as trials. Amen. Same thing. Same word. Tribulation and trials, same thing, right? So your persecutions, there's persecutions and then there's tribulations, right? God's people suffer a, a number of different persecutions. Maybe not as severe as, as like some of our forefathers, but different ones, right? But there's persecutions, there's afflictions, Right? The Bible talks about those, and there's tribulations. He says here, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is a manifest token. Oh, you know what a token is, right? You've been like a car wash, you see a token, right? Right? It's a manifest. It's something that is manifested, right? So it, it can be seen in that sense. The man, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. Wait a minute. You're saying my tribulation and my trials and my, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a manifest token? Yeah, of God's righteous judgment. Yeah, that God's judgment is right. What God has uniquely prescribed for you is right. Uniquely. It, it, he's right. Right? That's what it says here. Which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. That ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which ye also suffer. That's why. To prepare you for heaven. That's why you have to have endurance. You've got a long race to run. Before you get home. You've you got to have endurance to get there. So there are going to be more trials along the way. Right? There are going to be more. You're going to be tested and tried. Your faith before you get home must be tested and tried. It must be. For you to be useful to God. For you to be the people of God that he wants you to be. You can't be that without being tried. You cannot be. You won't be. You'd be a bunch of thumb-sucking, immature babies. Right? Mm-hmm. Kicking and screaming. God... You, you, you're not going to be kicking and screaming to heaven. No. <laughs> You'll be kicking and screaming, but uh, God's going God's gonna to tame that in you. Right? He will master your will. He will make you willing. He will make you willing. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he talks about enduring again. There's other things that the Bible warns us to endure. He says, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So 
in our demeanor of, of suffering afflictions and suffering the things of this life, we're to endure hardness, right? Hard things that come our way. You know, uh, hard things of life that happen to us. You know, very, very difficult things, right? The challenges that we face. Now, ladies, you have to remember that your, your challenges are different than your husband's. They're different. So there's an enduring hardness that you have to, there's some things that you have to endure hardness over, right? There's different things that you ladies have to deal with that men don't have to deal with that are uniquely uh, given to you and prescribed you, challenges that uniquely face you that don't face us. You have to remember that. God made you differently. He made you differently for a reason. And you have certain challenges that you have, you have to endure some things. You have to endure some challenges from your husband, <laughs> right? You have to endure some, maybe some neglect sometimes. You have to endure some, uh, uh, some hard-heartedness that your husband might have at times. And just different things like that. There's, there's different things. Or as a lady in this world, dealing with this world and suffering through this world, you've got to endure some of those things, right, to get through it. Because this world is not kind to women. It's very cruel to them. It's very cruel to women. Right? By the way, let me say this to you. The nicest thing you can have is a husband that loves you and cares for you, that provides for you and wants to. That's the nicest thing in that sense for a wife. and for That's the nicest thing. And if you're not used to that, you'll resent that at first. You'll resent it. But it's the nicest thing that could happen to you. It's the kindest thing that God could do for you in that sense. But you're to endure some things. We're to endure afflictions. We're to endure chastening and a diversity of things that God gives us grace to do so. Matthew 24, 12 says, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. That's an endurance in this life to continue on and to fight the good fight of faith and delay. I wouldn't, you know, if somebody preaches something to you that, 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 that there's nothing added to your faith, that your life isn't changed and it's just about you going to heaven and that God doesn't do a work in your life and continue to do a sanctifying work in your life and your heart, that's not the gospel that we preach. That's not the one that you find in the scriptures. The one that we find in the scriptures is the gospel that God is with us through all things, that he tries us through all things, that he challenges us through all things, that he strengthens us and he builds endurance in us through all things. Some of you are suffering some things right now and going through some different trials and you feel like you're not going to make it. You feel like it's going to consume you, like it's going to take you. like you're gonna, But it won't if you're trusting in the Lord. It won't consume you. It won't. But you're going to have to endure some things. See, here's the thing. It, this is not heaven. This is not heaven. So you have many trials before you go home. And God's people are not exempt from trials. They must endure them. And you must. As a mother, there's a lot of things you're going to have to endure. Maybe you feel overwhelmed sometimes. Maybe you seem, you look at life and your children and, and, and the challenges that you have to mother your children, to, to, to be a wife to your husband and then a mother to your children, and you feel like sometimes you're overwhelmed by everything. Well, that's okay. What are you doing with that? Where are you taking that to? Are you internalizing it all? Because if you are internalizing it all, then you're destroying yourself. Because you're to take that to the Lord. 
You're not to keep that to yourself. You're to say, Lord, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Man, you know how many times I've in this in this room right here I've prayed or walking down that trail right there I've prayed, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've done that. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Or, God, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a child. I have no idea what I'm doing. You're going to have to guide me because I don't even know what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Amen. Well, now you're in a good place. Right? Because God's going to teach you and you're going to grow and you're going to build endurance and you're going to be able to get through the trials that you have, right? Because you don't believe you have it all figured out. Mark 4, 16 warns us of, of those that have no endurance. You look at this, Mark 4, 16 and 17. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. But for a time, they run out of endurance. They don't have any left. Why? Because God didn't give it to them. God didn't give it. You wonder why people, that they finally fall away and they're done with God or they, they don't serve God anymore. They, don't, they started out and they were like a firecracker and they were on fire. And, and then all of a sudden, they don't run anymore. They don't, they don't do anything anymore. And you wonder why. Well, it's because they don't have any endurance. It's because God hasn't given it to them because they're not his. If they were his, they'd have endurance. They'd be able to continue on. Amen. They'd be able to. Right? And what that endurance looks like to you, but I want to ask you a question. Have you ever seen a runner that's, or anybody exercising that's spent? They're not like, they don't have like smiles on their face and they're not, they're like, they're, they're wore out and tired, right? From running a race. They're, they're done, right? They're, they, they don't got any energy. They don't have anything. See, what your mind is, is that when you go through something in your trials and, and, you, and, and, you, and God is building endurance in you, your mind is, well, I'm just going to look like a champion. I'm just going to be running and everything's going to be great. I'm not going to be rocked. I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be sore. I'm not going to have fears. I'm not going to have any doubts. I'm not going to be rocked at all or moved at all, but I'm going to be perfect. And, I, and I'm going to, no, that would be you depending on you. That's not what it is. It is you depending on God and God breathing life into you. Amen. That's, and you're like a shell of a person. Yeah. Like you don't, right. you, you don't have anything left. Right, come on. Like, like you don't even know how you're going to wake up in the morning. Right. How you're going to continue on, how you're going to, how you're going to function, how you're going to, well, Yeah. You're not supposed to be walking around like like everything is is perfect and and you did it by your own strength. No, it's going to be like, wow, that was the grace of God that got me through that. Not not me, not my wisdom, not my understanding, not my own strength, not my own might, not my own power. But it's a total dependence upon God. It's a vulnerability of self completely. An absolute vulnerability of self. Falling on the floor. No life left. No strength left. And God breathes life into you and you stand and you rise. And you continue to fight. Sorry I woke the kid up. Anyway. 
Scared him half to death. That's all right. Some of you need scared. Not the babies, though. But <laughs> maybe some of you big babies. But uh, anyway, that's what it is. It's life, right? It's strengthened. It's God giving you life, not, not you developing upon your own strengths. And when you continue to believe that's, that's what you believe victory looks like, is you being able to vaunt yourself yeah. and you being able to strut across, you being able to strut yeah, your on. stuff. That's, right. that's what you think victory is, that's that right. I can strut my stuff and say, look what I've accomplished and look what I've done and look how great I am and look how wonderful I am and look how great this worked out and look how good I am at doing things. Oh, that's, see, that's, you, that ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. No, it's going to be a total dependence upon God. It's going to be you on the floor, and I got nothing left, God. You're going to have to breathe life into me. You're going to have to lift me up. Son of man, can these bones live? They sure can when God blows on them. Right. So when you're in that place and, and, and of desperation and you, and, you, and you feel yourself that way, you're not in a bad spot. I know, I've been there. That's not a bad spot to be. That's actually a really good spot to be in. You have no confidence. You feel like you're going to fall apart. You feel like you're at the end of yourself. You have nothing left. You're a failure. Right? And that, that you're doomed. Well, now you're ready to listen. Right? Now you're ready to call unto me and, and I will show thee great and mighty things which, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. not. Now you're ready to hear from God. Now you're ready to hear. Now you'll listen. Now you'll pay attention and I'll breathe. I'll give you life to obey me. I'll give you strength to follow me. I won't give it for you to strut though. I won't give it for you to walk around in pride. I won't. I, listen, God does not strengthen his people so they feel good about themselves. Do you understand that? Right. That's the one lesson you're going to. God does not give you strength so you feel really good about yourself. And you can pat yourself on the back and say, man, I feel pretty good about myself. That isn't. God doesn't. God will not give you strength to do that. What he will give you strength to do is to serve him and to serve others. He will give you strength for that. But he will not give you strength for you to just feel good. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Nope, he's not going to do that. But look at these people, it says, and have no root in themselves. And so endure, but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. They're gone. They leave. Oh, this way is too straight. This way is too narrow. I can't go this way. This way is too hard. Right? This Christian life is too hard. I mean, I didn't know this was actually going to be work. I didn't know it was actually going to be work. I didn't know, like, I thought it was going to be easy. Like, God saved me and everything is going to be great. Everybody's going to love me. Right? The world's going to love me. Going to be, everybody's going to love the way I raise my children. Everybody's going to love the way all our family's going to love us. Everything's going to be great. Right? Not a cloud in the sky. Right? Sunshine all day. Nope. That's not the way this Christian life is. A lot of dark days before you go home. 
The question you might ask yourself is, how may I know that if I have that endurance or not? Well, I, I could ask you a simple question to that. Are you still in that good old gospel ship? Have you rejected the gospel? Have you rejected what the Lord did? Have you rejected Jesus Christ's promises? Do you, do you, have you rejected the gospel and have you walked away from it and said, nope, I don't believe that? Have you? I've seen men do it, so I know they do it. But ha- have you? No, I haven't. Through all my doubts, through all my fears, through all my trials, I still believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. I still believe that Jesus saves. I still believe in the power of God unto salvation. I still believe Jesus Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Amen. Have you abandoned your Lord? Have you become a Demas and forsaken the Lord's church, walked away from the faith? Well, if not, then you have good reason to hope. 2 Timothy 4, 5, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. He said endure afflictions. You know why? Because most people won't. False professors will not endure afflictions for the gospel's sake. They will leave. They will walk away. Life will be easier if they don't. They take the easy way out. They will not endure afflictions. They will not endure those things, right? And the very trying of your faith is to show you that through all your afflictions, Christ is true. Through all your afflictions, Christ is faithful. Through everything that you have been through, that God will never leave you nor forsake you. And that God will give you the power to endure afflictions. By the way, that's how we do it. We endure by the power of God. We are, the trying of our faith worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Amen? Hope maketh not ashamed. That's the power of God. That's what God does. That's the endurance that he builds up in us. James, so, so the Bible warns us to endure afflictions. It warns us that, you know, what, that, what does that mean? That means that they're coming, that you're going to have them. And those afflictions can be a number of, they can be physical, they can be spiritual, they can be mental. Any one of them, right? Any one of them, right? And you have to look at whatever affliction you're going through, whether it's depression, anxieties, or mental health issues, or, or you know, um, anything, health, anything, anything that you may be facing and say, uh, will I endure this for Christ's sake? Will I continue on? Will I be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord? Right? As a mother, with your many challenges that you face with raising your children, will I continue to endure afflictions? Will I continue to, to, to stay the course? Will I continue to be obedient to the Lord? Will I continue to, to follow on through all these things? Though a lot is against me, and I feel overwhelmed sometimes, and I feel like I'm going to be consumed sometimes. And, and, and I, I'm just going I'm, I'm to drown sometimes. Right? It may not even be that. It may be other things. As a wife, as a mother, as a, as a husband, you feel like sometimes you're going to drown. Like, I, I really feel like I'm going to sink and I'm going to drown. I'm tired of this fight. I'm tired of going through this. I'm tired of, 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 of dealing with this. I'm tired of this constant affliction that I, that I face. I'm, t- I'm tired of it. I, I'm, being, I, I'm wearing out. I'm tired. 
I, I, I'm wore out. I feel like I'm, I can't take any more. I feel like I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm literally going to sink. I remember that. I remember that. I remember that place. I remember exactly the situation. I, I remember exactly a point that I was at, and I believe that was the point where God started to shine the light for me. I, I remember that. I, I, believe it, I, I believe it was. It was probably about a year and a half ago or so, maybe a little longer, about a year and a half ago. Time flies by, and you just lose it all, all sense of it when you go through depression. But, but um, four years just flew by, and I was like, wow, that went quick. But anyway, I remember, I remember sitting in my bed, and I remember um, laying there, and I, I remember having a conversation with my wife about something and, and helping her with a situation. And at the time, I, I, I acted like it didn't bother me at all because that's what I needed to do as a husband because she needed me and it didn't matter what I was going through, right? It didn't. And it doesn't, by the way. When someone needs you, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Last week on a Friday, I was puking my guts out that Thursday morning. and or, Yeah, Thursday, no, Friday morning early. Yeah, I don't know. They all run together. But Friday morning early, and I had somebody call. And they said, or text me and said, can I, can I talk to you about my, my, uh, my testimony and my, I, I'm dying. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> wipe the puke off and get going, right? You got work to do. But, uh, but I was, I was fine. I wasn't, I, that was done. Thank God. But, but anyway, I, I remember having that conversation with her, but I remember talking to my wife about a year and a half ago and, and or so, and, and she needed my help with something. I remember having that conversation. And my mind was triggered so bad because of just what I was going through at the time and everything. And, and I remember, I remember, and I didn't want her to hear me because <laughs> she was finally asleep. I didn't want her to hear me. And I was just crying out to God. And I sat there and I remember feeling like I was going to sink into utter darkness like, like literally, like, do you know what I mean? Like when I say that, probably some of you don't, but some of you might. I, yeah, like gone. Like I was going to sink into the abyss and I was done because I was so overwhelmed with fear at that point. And I remember crying out to the Lord and I told him, I said, Lord, I, I, I can't take any more of this. You got to stop it. And he did. I just, it was like an elevator. Okay, I will. Right? Why did he do that? It was a humble surrender. There's nothing I could do. I had to believe God. I, I had to believe him. I had to go to him and I had to hit that bottom so I knew. I had to hit that bottom floor and I had to know that he was God. Right? I, I had to. I had to know that he was my deliverance. He was the one that would care for me. He was the one that would take care of me. No matter any fear that I faced, which was in my mind, it wasn't even, it wasn't actually real, but in my mind it was, right? In my mind, it was building up this fear that wasn't real. And, but God said, but one thing God showed me through depression said, I'm going to throw the worst fears you've ever had at you. And I'm going to give you victory through them. And boy, did he. Every last one of them. And he promised me something with it. They will not come nigh to your door. 
I will keep you. I don't care where you're at. In the middle of this city, out in that country, wherever you are, I will keep you. Hallelujah. What a savior. What a promise. And he did just that. Amen. He did just that. James 5.10, take my brethren the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job. Have you? Have you read? Have you heard of the patience of Job? And have seen the end of the Lord. That the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Amen. Look what he says here. That's the patience of Job. We've seen, you know, we talk about Job and all the trials and everything that he went through. But you've heard of the patience of Job, right? You've seen the end of it. You've seen the end of the Lord. That's what he's talking about. You've seen the end of of Job's trials at that point. And you've seen the Lord come. And what is God trying to teach me? Well... Well, yeah, endure. That's right. Everything that you're challenged with or you're tried with in this Christian life, nine times out of ten, here's what you think. God's just trying to destroy me. Must not be really a Christian. Must be this. Must be that. All these other things. And you'll go down a list of things of the most worst doom and gloom you can ever imagine for your trial. I mean, you'll go to the worst case scenario right away and you will think this is exactly it right here that's right in your mind you're making plans what am i going to do i got to do this i got to do that right because this is the worst ever right it's never what you think it is it's never what you think it is no it's your father in heaven teaching you and you have to learn the lesson he wants you to have And if you don't, you will. You will learn it. And it's never what you think. You always think the worst, right? You always think it's God saying, it's God saying no, or it's God saying never, or it's God saying uh, that, uh, or you believe that no at this time is never. You know, God's allowed to tell you no. You know that, right? God's allowed to tell you no. I wonder if you accept it if God tells you no. That's a hard lesson. I've been through that. When God tells you no. I preached a sermon, man. Remember that? About four years, five years ago. (laughs) When God tells you no. It's hard to take. But you have to ask yourself, do I accept it if God tells me no? Do I accept it? If God just says no, I don't want that for you. Yeah, but God, I want that for me. I don't want that for you. That's the question you have to ask. Have I ever asked God what he wants for me? Or am I just telling God what he should do for me? Right? What does God, what does God want for me? Maybe, maybe God doesn't want what you want for you. Job found that out, didn't he? At the end, Job Job thought God was done with him. Job thought he was going to die. 
Man, I'm gonna die like this. This is horrible. Why died I not from my mother's womb? <laughs> right? Job was in pretty pretty rough spot. Wasn't he? God pulled him out of that rough spot. By that well, by the way, that's why I don't believe Christians commit suicide. That's that's why I don't believe that. Job is one of the one of the perfect examples of that why I don't believe Christians commit suicide. That's hard for people to take. I've had people, I've had husbands come to me in private and ask me, do you, do you think my wife's in hell? Because she committed suicide. That's a very difficult question to ask. Answer. He asked me in much sorrow. Do you know how hard that is to answer that? To look at a man that you know is. I, I, I met a man on the street about, I, I've known him for years. In fact, he's in one of my first videos when we were street preaching years ago at the Sodomite event. And he was there. And his wife committed suicide. And he, and he, he asked me, he said, do, do you believe my wife's in hell? Or do you believe that, you know, and I said, well, I said, I, I, don't, I don't believe that anywhere in the scriptures do I see a Christian committing suicide. I don't see it. It isn't there. It isn't there. Because no one on this earth went through more affliction than Job, besides Jesus Christ. Right. Besides Jesus, who had the weight of the sins of the whole world upon him. But Job, no one went through more affliction than Job. No one suffered more. Ten children dead. All of his property taken from him. All of his servants killed. All of his animals killed. Everything around him, destruction. His body attacked. Completely destroyed. Uh, satanic uh, dreams and, uh, and um, uh, terrors. His wife uh, questioning whether he should just curse God and die or not because she was so sick of seeing him suffer. No one went through worse than Job. No one had a darker night besides Jesus Christ than Job. And God preserved Job through it. Yet will I trust him. I remember saying that over and over again. I remember praying that to God. I remember saying that to God, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's dark. But Christ will sustain you. I can believe nothing else. Because I have no other scripture example of it. I can believe nothing else. And that, by the way, that's a very hard thing to have. And there's a lot of people that really don't like that when I, they're not happy with that, obviously. And I'm, I don't like it either. I don't like it. Right. I mean, who likes it, right? But God is true. Let God be true and every man a liar. Now, Peter says this, and we're about done here. We're not going to get through this endurance is as far as we're, we're going to have the endurance to get through this. And that's about it here. <laughs> Your endurance is going to have to continue till next week with me. But uh, 1 Peter 2.19, for this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. You know what? This tells you, Peter's talking about God's people enduring grief. That's part of this Christian life. You're going to endure some grief. You're going to have some of that. Sometimes you're going to suffer wrongfully. It's not even family members that turn on you. Brother turning against brother, right? Family members, and, and you're going to endure a lot of grief through that, a lot of heartache through that. But the Bible says, For what glory is it when you be buffeted for your faults? You shall take it patiently. But what if, but if, 
But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. You suffer through some things. You suffer grief. Some of you have been called to suffer grief from family members that have treated you poorly. They've turned their back on you. They've treated you terribly for your faith, for your stand, for this church, right? For what glory is it when you be buffeted for your faults? You shall take it patiently. But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God, right? Take it patiently. That's that endurance. We're going to finish up with chapter 10 here with some verses. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 22, because the Bible gives us some examples of that full assurance of the faith here. It says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with the, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. By the way, when you've trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you've been saved by the grace of God, you hold fast to that profession of faith. Nothing wavering. Amen? Without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. It's not because of you, because of my strong faith. No, it's because of him. <laughs> right? For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one. Now, I want to show you something here. If you want to build your faith, you better follow this. If you want to grow in your assurance, you better follow this. Because there's example after example of this very thing in the scriptures for God's people. Look at this. Let us hold fast our, the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Look what he says here. He ties this to the full assurance of your faith. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Look what he says here. He's speaking very specifically. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. Now we're going to read the rest of that because we're going to put this into context because people take this and they run with this and they say, well, that's that's see people could lose their salvation. No, that's not what he's saying. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for our sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and a fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Who's he talking about? He's, they turned. They're apostates. They turned away. They walked away. They despise Moses' law. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he has sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite under the Spirit of grace. They went out from us. They left. That's who those people are. He's identifying who they are. They didn't want that. For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But, here's the contrast, Call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, that's when you were saved, ye endured a great flight of afflict, a fight of afflictions, partly whilst you were made a gazing stock both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst you became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me in my bonds. He's speaking of the saved. He's explaining who they are. 
and took joy and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Cast it not away. For ye have need of patience. See it? That after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Look what he says here. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man, here's the but, but if any man, here's the contrast, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. What do they draw back to? Perdition. They go back. They're hogs and dogs. That's like somebody said to me the other day on a broadcast. Uh, they said, oh, see, you, you're talking about eternal security. You forgot this verse about Peter talking about them turning back to the slop and the dog to the vomit. I said, well, sheep aren't hogs or dogs. They're sheep. Amen. Those are hogs and dogs. They go back to the place they came from. Right. That's, yep. See the difference? They go back to the world. Well, you don't see saved hogs from without are dogs. Right? That's what, the Bible, that's what the Bible teaches us about those two. And the returning to the world. The returning to the slop. Returning to the vomit of this world. They go back. They draw back. Look what it says. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. What you believe. See the difference? There's a drawing back. Well, you haven't changed what you believe, do you? No, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose again from the dead. I believe that, that in him you have life and that you have it more abundantly. Well, what did they believe? Nothing. They drew back into perdition. They said they were done. They didn't want it anymore. The trials weren't worth it. The tri it wasn't worth it. Christ wasn't precious to them. They turned around. They went back. They left. They draw back under perdition. Right? That's what he's explaining. <clears throat> the Bible speaks of that full assurance. It's listed in the scriptures of each time, and it centers around the saints of the Lord and their church, by the way. God's people together each time. Colossians 2.1 For I would that you know what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea and as for many as have not seen my face in the flesh that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge and this I say lest any man should beguile you with enticing words for though I be absent in the flesh yet am I with you in the spirit joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord so walk ye in him where in his church that's what he's saying rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you've been taught amen this is that endurance this endurance is necessary because God tries his saints to build it. 
Last scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 4. We're done. Charity suffereth long, it is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Look at this. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Amen. If you have that endurance, it's because God has given it to you and will continue to give it to you, but not without trial because trials have to come to build your endurance. You have to have it. You need it, but you have to remember to be submitted to God in your trials so you can be strengthened in the faith and walk with him. You'll not have access to that endurance and that strength without a hearty submission. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. I think there's some people that, are, that fight that submission to God. And I think they're in this room. And I think you fight that full surrender to the Lord. And you, you pull back. You pull back. And because of that, you feel weak and feeble and ready to fall and ready to faint. But when you're ready to faint, it's when you ought to look to Jesus. It's when you ought to get strengthened by the Lord. It's when you ought to be ready to obey the Lord and to follow him and to seek his face and to be strengthened by him and encouraged by him and built up by him. Has to be. Right? Because God gets the glory in your life, not you. So when you're weak and feeble and falling over and you go to God, he gives you the strength to continue on. Because those things accompany salvation. Remember what he said? Things that accompany salvation? These are those things. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. These are those things. And, you're, and they're necessary. We'll finish this, Lord willing. Possibly, maybe, next week. <laughs> Father in heaven, Lord, thank you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your protection and guidance. Thank you for the love of the Holy Ghost. Lord, there's children here. There's some here that are not saved. They've never trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior. I pray they'd fall on their knees in repentance and faith and see that they're utterly lost and in danger of hellfire and damnation. But Lord, there's your people here that need strengthened by faith. They need a humble surrender to you in their trial, that you would move in their hearts and their lives and strengthen them by faith. Lord, help them to grow. Help them to trust you. Lord, they feel weak and they feel like they're drowning sometimes. But Lord, you said the river would not overflow us. The flames would not hurt us. You only design our dross to consume and our goal to refine. Bless this afternoon. Bless our food. Bless our fellowship. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.